tour all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll see what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high-quality and tourytainment for you. Everybody. Welcome back to Tour All Night, Season 2. It's been four and a half long, lonely years since Tori hit the road. But finally, this February, she embarks on a whirlwind zigzag across Europe. And we do mean zigzag. But guess what? We'll be right behind her covering every aspect of the tour. From wills and wants to pre-show plans and post-show impressions, we'll be at every stop along the way bringing you all the hottest tea about our favorite tea. But first, we must prepare. So in this series of episodes, we sit down with a different person from every tour stop along the way and invite them to be our tour guide and answer our most important questions. What are the vibes? Where are the gay bars? And can we sleep on your couch? But also anything else that pops into our head. Get to know a little bit more about each city on Tori's European schedule, and most importantly, the people that are coming to the shows. Welcome back. This is Tour All Night. Can you just say that? Hi, y'all. Hi. We have made it to my favorite country in the entire world. We are in Ireland with Daniel Stalker and Shane O'Brien. Hi, boys. Hi. How are you both? Good. (laughs) Please answer only in unison the whole episode. (laughs) I love it. Okay, let's start with Daniel. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us your Tory story, everything we need to know to get you. Okay, my Tory story. I started, I guess, 2003. So it was Tales of a Librarian, and she was on the Graham Norton show. Another Irish connection for you there. Mm -hmm. Um, I was sort of really vaguely aware of her. And then she was on Graham Norton, and I just immediately went, oh, who, what? She was just so incredible and hilarious. It was a great interview. I'm pretty sure she played Conflict Girl, but I can't quite remember. But it was just a great interview, and I just completely fell madly in love with her. Went out and bought Tales of the Librarian, went and got all of the other things. And then the first tour I did was... Well, the first show I went to was 2005 in Glasgow, which you were at, Eve. I was there! It was just incredible. I just immediately went, this is everything that I need in my life. I was completely obsessed with her from the second I saw her. Oh my god. I was on that tour from Dublin through Nottingham or Newcastle, whichever one was the last one. Oh, so you got to see her with, because she did Dublin with Damien, didn't she? Yeah, she did. I'm the one who bootleg video recorded it before I got busted right at the end. (laughs) What about you, Shane? Tell us everything. Yep, so it all kicked off in 2005 when I was in fifth year in our version of high school, secondary school. And I had bought the second volume of MTV Unplugged because there was a Bjork song on it that I really wanted to listen to. And Cornflake Girl was on that album. And I was super, super intrigued by this goddess. And the only album that was available in our local, very small rural Irish CD shop was Under the Pink. So I bought Under the Pink, not knowing that Little Earthquakes existed. And I listened to Under the Pink and then I bought the piano book of it and played it from start to finish. And I just absolutely was properly obsessed. So when I uncovered then that there was all these other albums out there and she was touring a year later, I proper was on a mission to be as close to this woman as possible. (laughs) Um, And uh, I've done a conservative 15 gigs, mainly in the UK and Ireland, just one European gig, which was Amsterdam. But everywhere else, I used to save up all my money for my little part-time job. And I would spend it on going to these tours and just be absolutely blown away. In any other community, it'd be wild. But in the Toremus community, you have to say that 15 is conservative. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but like, I think it is because I remember, I think it was the second gig that I had ever been to and I was on my own actually and I was talking to some folks from America at the meet and greet and they had been to like 36 (laughs) gigs 
across multiple continents. Still conservative. What do you people work as? I mean, who is paying this credit card bill? <laughs> you know what? Do you even have a count? Do you even know how many shows you've been to? Yeah, um, I think I honestly can't remember, but I spoke on our own show tour all year and David interviewed me and I think it was 187. Whatever I said wow. back in 2018 is still the same number because it's been so long, but I have to go back and listen. The longest time between shows. I know, I can't. I can't even. And I used to have every show written down on an index card because I was tracking when he was interviewing me for that show. I was trying to track exactly what I'd seen and not mess up, but I can't find those since I moved. But anyway, how many shows have you seen, Daniel? 26. At the end of last tour, I think I got to 25 or 26. Have you both talked to Tori? Yes. Oh my God. Tell me the stories. I've met her a few times. I've done a few meet and greets. The last one I did... Oh, it would have been in Glasgow. So the last show that I went to was Glasgow in 2017. And it was really lovely. And she was just really cute. The first one on the last tour was we went to the opening night in Cork. Mm -hmm. And I took my boyfriend at the time, who the week before had served her a burger. Oh, at a, at a market store. Like he worked on a vegan market store in um, Borough Market in London. He sent me a message and said, oh, my God, I think I just served Tori a burger. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, you have to say something to her at the meet and greet. So we went and we got up to her and she looked at him and she went, I know you. And he was like, I served you a burger last week. And she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was really cute. She's got amazing facial recognition. Oh, she's just incredible. Like, she's just so wonderful and, and immediately attentive as soon as you meet her. It's like mm. nothing. What about you, Shane? The first time I ever met her, I was really, really badly hungover, so not well planned on my side at all. And it was in the alley behind Cork Opera House. Uh Um, It was really, really wet and I was really hungover and we were queuing for a very, very long time. And I was moving apartments. The only thing I had for her to sign was a really, it was in like three pieces practically. It was like the Little Earthquakes songbook, like the piano book. It was so in tatters. But I really wanted her to sign that. And I had written some notes on some of the pages of what some of the lyrics had reminded me of, you know, struggling gay youth. Mm-hmm. And I wanted her to sign these pages, but just one page, because I was conscious there was people behind me who wanted to talk to her as well. And she took the book off me and like rifled through it to see what other notes I had written on some of the pages. Oh, wow. And that just set me off. I mean, the tears, I was just. <laughs> babbling it was but it, she she seemed to like it and then I was also at the meet and greet that Dan was just talking about and my boyfriend who's still my boyfriend was ahead of me now he <laughs> rub it in yeah rub it I was just gonna <laughs> yeah. say ouch <laughs> sorry that was not it that was not it um so yeah my boyfriend was ahead of me and he was like oh shit what do I say and I was like just go with it and he's a massive Britney Spears fan so they talked about the cover that she did of Hit Me Baby One More Time which was lovely mm-hmm. and he was like hey if you can just do me one favor he's not going to ask you for a request because he's really conscious that everybody in this queue is going to be asking for requests but i'm going to ask on his behalf and if you would play baker baker (gasps) i just know it would rock his world and she said i will absolutely do that because you asked and anyway i met her then and i had a great time with her and then she absolutely did play baker baker and yeah those are two that really stand out moments Amazing. Daniel, have you gotten mm. a request? I've, you know what? I've, I've, I haven't always asked for requests. In Helsinki in 2015, mm-hmm. I went to meet and greet there. It was really wonderful. My boyfriend, who became my boyfriend that came to singing in the... <laughs> Become my, my ex. Thanks, Shane. Um, <laughs> came out to Helsinki for our second date because I had a spare ticket for the second night. But we'd gone to the meet and greet and I'd actually asked for here in my head because it's one of my favourite songs. But I also have a riot poof tattoo on the inside of my arm. Oh, what does it say? It's uh, It will all find its way in time. Amazing. And Aww. so we had this chat and it was lovely. Uh, we got from Ro because my friend had told her that we didn't get to meet her the day before and she said, it's okay, and turned to John and said, Carl gets front row, and we got front row. But just as I was about to leave, she stopped me with two fingers on the inside of my arm and she looked at my tattoo and just went, huh. And I, like, Riot Poof is another one of my favorite songs, but I never thought I was going to hear it. And she played it that night. That's and I was like, amazing. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, and she played here in my head for me the night after as well. I love it. Those are really good stories. Now, where do you both live? Because I know you used to live in Cork, Shane. And Daniel, you live in London. I am a Londoner. Where do you live now, Shane? 
I live in Dublin, but I yeah, I lived in Cork for seven years. I went to university there because it's a university city and lots of people who are not from Dublin would go to University College Cork if you're from like rural. Okay, I'm going to start with some super basic questions. Will you explain Ireland to me, Northern Ireland and its relationship to the United Kingdom and England and where Sinead O'Connor fits into everything? Oh, absolutely. Okay. It would be remiss not to discuss Sinead in our conversation. Agreed. So the north of Ireland is part of Ireland. Ireland is an island. And uh, you can drive to the north of Ireland from Dublin in like an hour and 45 minutes. However, the north of Ireland is owned by the United Kingdom. They have a different currency, pounds. We have euros in Ireland. And the divide is primarily driven by religion. So at one point uh, in time, there was a very, very large political debate that got very, very violent over these six counties that are in Ulster and where they should fit in the overall equation. Should they be owned by the Republic of Ireland or should they be owned by the United Kingdom? And the six counties in Ulster are primarily owned by the United Kingdom. And coming back to what I mentioned earlier on, that is very much so driven by your religious uh, affiliation. So whether you are a Protestant or a Catholic, that argument is not so big in the Republic. So Ireland is known as being heavily Catholic. However, the subject of religion is a lot more politically charged in the north of Ireland Mm. than it is in the south of Ireland. That's Ireland. Dublin is the capital and Cork is in the south of Ireland. But we're all technically actually in the south uh, when we're not in the north. But Cork (laughs) is one of the most southerly points of Ireland. And it's about two hours from Dublin by train. So Sinead O'Connor, interestingly. (laughs) Thank you. um, So I'm from a place called Waterford, which is in the southeast of Ireland, which is really famous for crystal. So we made crystal here for years that was exported. And Sinead O'Connor is from Dublin in a place called Glenageary. However, Sinead O'Connor went to boarding school in Waterford, right beside where I went to secondary school. She used to make money at the weekends by singing on the street corners in Waterford. And loads of people remember her for that. And she talks about her time in boarding school in Waterford relatively fondly because she hated living in Dublin because of the challenges that she had with her family. Now she lives in a very beautiful coastal town just outside of Dublin called Bray, which is in County Wicklow. So it's by the sea and Wicklow is known as the Garden of Ireland because in terms of land mass, it's primarily made up of beautiful fields and everything that you would associate Ireland with in terms of greenery and just very lush countrysides. That's where Sinead O'Connor lives at the moment. Gorgeous. So where does the church fall in, like the Boys for Pele church? When's the best time to see it? Is it going to be on the drive between Cork and Dublin? Or is it going to be, should we wait till after the Dublin show and go like on the next day? You would need to really kind of plan that. Um, So you won't see it on the way from Dublin to Cork. So the Boys for Pele church is in a relatively remote part of County Wicklow, right? Right. So where the church is, you will definitely need some form of rental car. You, get a sob. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah, course. You get a sob <laughs> okay. for sure. Yeah. Tell them Tori sent you. And I think it's worth a visit because it's on the way there. That part of Wicklow is absolutely beautiful. Stunning, in fact. But you would need to set aside a relatively decent amount of time, carve out some time to go there. So definitely during the day, because at that time of the year in Ireland, it'll be dark at like four o'clock. Oh, great. So you'll want to go there like during the day. And also I'll be very transparent with you. I can't give you any sort of forecast of what the weather will be like. (laughs) We are so known for this just questionable weather. I mean, I don't really know how much of the weather folks on the news still have jobs because it's completely unreliable, (laughs) the stuff that they give out. I mean, I I remember being there in June last time I was there and it rained both days that we were there. In June? for every type of weather is what I will say to you. (laughs) Uh, You know how difficult that is when you're traveling with one suitcase? (laughs) Totally. 
I've got to wear everything on the plane. I'm just going to buy and leave clothes. Um, <laughs> so let's get into this. Okay, so the show takes place on Thursday, March 17, 2022. The day before is a day off, coming back from Manchester. The day after is Dublin and the last show. The venue is the Cork Opera House, and the address, they don't even dare give a number, is Emmett Place Cork. Like, you'll find us. Oh, it's very will, though. It's yeah. very, like, I used to live in Emmett Place. There's nothing there except the Opera House okay. and the coffee shop. <laughs> okay, great. So. Cool. So we will find it. You'll totally oh, yeah. find it. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's like a big shining beacon in the middle of a fairly flat Totally. Town. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. From Manchester, it's 358 miles or 576 kilometers. It's about eight hours by car, though I can't quite understand how you would get there by car. Boat. By boat. Oh, you'd have to, like, drive onto a boat? All the boats. Yeah. Oh. It's called the Sea Cat. Oh, weird. But the yeah. best alternative is a plane from Manchester yes. to Cork. And that's what we're doing. And we fly in on Wednesday, March 16th on Ryanair in the afternoon at like 2 in the afternoon. 6.10 in the afternoon, actually. Talk to us about Cork. What are the general vibes of the city? Things that you love about it. Three things you love. And tell us all about the gay scene. Oh, yeah. Please, Shane, tell us about the gay scene in Cork. <laughs> uh, look, starting broadly on Cork, I mean, Cork is a beautiful, beautiful city. Um, I much prefer to Dublin. Um, the people are so friendly, very, very warm, super inclusive. It's easy to get around. I mean, you can literally get to most places on foot unless there's somewhere that you like a tourist attraction that's outside of the city that you really, really want to go to. But there's plenty to see in the city that you can get to on foot. There's no subway, there is no tram or anything like that. So if you weren't going to go somewhere on foot, you can get a bus most places or like an Uber or a taxi. But Cork just really reminds me of a city in Ireland that has been like untarnished by tech and, you know, like industry. You know, there's such character to Cork. And I really do miss it, actually. I, I remember I did have like an emotional moment driving over the bridge on the day that I moved out and that I moved to Dublin. So I, I would really, really encourage anyone who's coming to the Cork gig who has not been before that if you can just try and set aside time to see the city as mm. opposed to just going to the gig, because it really, I think, will be worth it, irrespective of the weather. You just need to reconcile with the weather. OK, <sighs> it might be lashing rain or it could be a beautiful spring day. It's also St. Patrick's Day mm -hmm. on March 17th. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to be like because COVID has hampered St. Patrick's Day in Ireland for the last few years. If St. Patrick's Day does go ahead, there's normally a parade and the city is awash with very colourful folks and everybody, the, you know, there's people spilling out of the pubs and it's very fun and very safe and everyone is very proud to be Irish on that day. Just looking at these pictures of Cork, I can't describe it any other way. I hate that I'm about to use this word, but quaint. It is like the quaintest thing I've ever seen. You are bang on the money. There's all these little streets that are very charming. It kind of reminds me of Edinburgh a small bit. You know, those little winding cobbly yeah, yeah. streets. Yes. Um, yes, I do. There's one particular street that is my favourite street and it's called French Church Street and it's exactly like that. It's super, super quaint. There's all these little boutique shops. The pavement is cobbled and you couldn't fit very many people on the street if you're all walking beside each other, but it's super charming. How are we going to get from the airport to these quaint streets? I'll get the bus. You can get a bus. You can get a shuttle. It's like 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was super fast. Yeah. And it actually dropped you right. It dropped us right outside the Opera House as well. Oh, okay, when, great. Yeah. And so our hotel, of course, is right by the Opera House. So it'll be easy, you're saying? Yeah, it's so easy. Like compared to like Dublin is a bit more complicated to get around uh, just because it's just larger. And if we were going to like a gig in the Olympia, if you didn't want to stay in the city, city centre because it's so expensive, it would be more difficult to get around Dublin. Mm -hmm. But Cork is just could not be easier. Ireland is the place I've been to, I think, the most of any other country because I've always I've been to Edinburgh twice. I spent two different Augusts in Edinburgh for the French Festival. Plus, I've been to the Tour Amos Tour. And each time before and after I flew in and out of Dublin. So I would like fly into Dublin and spend like maybe one, two, three days there, then go on to Edinburgh and then do it again on the way back. Besides Dublin, I've only ever been on like a bus ride to Limerick or like towards Limerick. Right. 
other than that, like, I'm so excited. So I feel like there's nothing Ireland can do wrong. Like, even if it's raining, <laughs> I feel like it's like I will feel like an Irishman. <laughs> I can't wait about all of it. But I was excited about spending a St. Patrick's Day there. Now you say if even if it's scaled back, like, what can we expect? If the gay bar is open to so the, the gay bar it's, which is called it, chambers i'm looking at it right here right? it's called it's called chambers and the reason that it's called chambers is because it's on washington street which is like the legal sector of cork so all like the law firms are there and the courthouse is there so like law chambers chambers um and it's a lot of fun definitely a lot of fun it's it's a relatively big bar what i will tell you is on saint patrick's day if it's open it will so be worth going. The drag talent in Cork, in my opinion, is excellent. Like, they really are exceptional. And if Chambers is open, they'll have an exceptional drag show on for St. Patrick's Day. And even if there's not a drag show, it's just a very, very nice bar. And that's where everyone who is part of the gay scene in Cork tends to hang out. Because at one point, there was three gay bars in Cork, all very spread out from each other. And two of them closed, not because of COVID, just because the business just wasn't there anymore, which is sad. And then Chambers became the primary bar for kind of everyone. Whereas typically I would have always associated Chambers with being like a student gay bar because it was so close to the university. But there's another bar that I was going to call an alternative bar, like alternative to what? But uh, <laughs> it's it's called the Vickers Town. And I've always liked it there. It's basically a gay bar. They definitely play Tory. They play just amazing 90s music. And it just feels very homely. And it's really close to the Opera House as well. The Vickerstown Bar on... Vickerstown Bar. Is this, what um, is the name of that street? That's 52 North Main Street. North Main Street, that's it, yeah. That's the <laughs> easiest street name to remember, Shane. Sorry. <laughs> so, there are, like, so many streets in Cork, but they're all tiny. So let's talk to Daniel, who's from a thriving gay town, London. Um, right. <laughs> what, how do you feel when you walk into Cork? What is your sense of the vibe? I felt like it was a more authentic Irish experience than mm. going to Dublin. You know, like mm-hmm. Dublin's, it's a built up, it's, it's a city. I like Dublin, it's cute. But um, Cork felt more like I, I went there and I was like, I'm on holiday now. And then I did the whole place on foot. We just walked around everywhere and went and saw everything on foot. And it was beautiful and it pissed it down and we got soaked. It was like September. So obviously <laughs> we were just expecting it to rain anyway. And we got soaked, but it was wonderful, and we just had a really lovely time. It's a, yeah, it's a really relaxed town. It's gorgeous, but it is it is really small, so you can just walk absolutely everywhere, and you'll see everything. And it's it's quite hilly, so you get like really nice views from different places, and it, it was really nice. Does she have this massive Cork fan base? That if it's so small, like she was played there 2014, 2017, now 2022. Well, I wonder if it's because of location, because of oh, how close of the house. to the house. Because she even said to us at the meet and greet that she likes playing cock because it means she can go home. <laughs> right, she can stay in her house. Um, she's like, oh, I can pop back home, stick the kettle on. It's only down the road. <laughs> I know, which we tried to Airbnb that house. Um, right? Yeah, it was listed on Airbnb, but I guess right when we were trying to book, they wouldn't accept our reservations. Many groups tried, and then we found out that they were selling it. So I think they renovated it. They've yeah. added monstrosities to it and then sold it. Yeah, that's yeah well, because I, I was wondering if it was still... Because we'd looked, as soon as we saw that it was up as an airbnb we'd look to see if it was a possibility yeah it wasn't exactly the cheapest and <laughs> uh, no it wasn't but we had 16 people ready to go perfect it's had 16 <laughs> beds we had 16 people who were willing oh my god i don't have that many friends well you know they weren't all friends <laughs> we were just banding together so it's definitely not a 24-hour town right is that what i'm hearing oh no it's absolutely not okay. um even on saint patrick's day no so like I don't know. Again, look, this is all COVID. If the COVID restrictions lift, like the latest you can get a drink is like two o'clock in the morning, but that will be like two bars. Oh, wow. Everywhere else will be closed. Yeah. That's when the liquor license runs out and the, the cops come and knock in, oh, great. Um, which does happen. So it's totally not 24 hour at all. No, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, we get yeah. to Dublin the next day. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we ha- yeah we'll be in Dublin the next day. We can yeah. party then. The official currency is the euro, which I'm very excited yes. about because I'm sure I'll have extra euro in my pocket that I'll be wanting to spend. <laughs> um, what's the tipping culture in Ireland, basically, or in Cork specifically? 
I always feel it's safe. So first of all, I should say um, that if you are in big groups, it's really common that they add the service charge without you having to do anything. So if you're in a group of six people or more, just look at the bill because it's probable that the service charge will be added to it anyway. If it's not, you can't go wrong with 10%. That's like very appreciated in Ireland. And that's is that only for restaurant workers or is that extend to cabs? You don't tip cabs. I think a cabbie like a cab would look at you so strange. They'd be like, <laughs> no, this this is your this is your change. Um so a cabin culture, no. On if you want to get an Uber or um there's a few different versions of Uber here in Ireland. There's Uber, there's my taxi and then there's free now. You can tip on that, but you really have to go out of your way on the app to actually add a tip. It's quite complicated. That'll just be reflective of how uncommon tipping cabs here. You don't tip people in bars. That's really uncommon as well. Um, it's really just people in restaurants. Yeah. Got it. Okay, Daniel, where are you staying? Like, you're staying in a hotel? Are you staying in an Airbnb? Like, what's the plan? Oh, I haven't actually sorted out my accommodation yet because I looked today at the place that we stayed last time, which was Sheila's Hostel, which was really, really nice. And it was literally (laughs) up the hill. And I was like, oh, this is great. It was cheap right there. It is, of course, completely fully booked. Oh, yeah. I could be sleeping on the street or I might be hanging out (laughs) at Chambers until two o'clock and then just setting off to Dublin. Right. I haven't really sorted anything yet. Um, um, we, yeah, we, it was the first hotel, I think, I think it was the first hotel that we booked or one of the first because of St. Patrick's Day. We were afraid that we we're going to get locked out in the cold. We're staying yeah. on McCurtain Street. Do you know that street, Shane? Yes, very charming. Good. So we've arrived to Cork. We've taken our bus for 30 minutes. We've traversed the cobblestone streets. We've checked into <laughs> our hotel. We've <laughs> taken many photographs of the quaint architecture. Now, the thing that reminded, when you said it reminded you of Edinburgh's, I was looking at this picture where it was like this castle church is like overlooking everything. Oh, St. Finbar's. What is that? Wait, Shane, how do you say it? I'm saying it all English like. <laughs> uh, yeah, like if you wanted to be very true, it, it's like Finbarra. That was his name back in the day. But when the English, I want Butchered. to be really careful here, pillaged our lands. Um, <laughs> hey, I listened to Famine by Sinead O'Connor. I've always been woke. <laughs> Now, do you speak Gaelic in Cork or is it just English? Is that a stupid question? It's not a stupid question at all. Speaking Irish in Ireland is relatively uncommon. People just do it to be twee. Um, <laughs> there, are, um, there are a very small amount of villages left in Ireland that would speak Irish and that the shop fronts are in Irish, but typically you will not hear someone speak Irish when you're here. If you do, let me know who they are and I will call them a sycophant <laughs> and a fraud. Do you because speak Irish? I did years ago when I was in school. What's really kind of common in Ireland is when you're in school during the summertime, your parents um, offload you on some island where you and these other awkward teenagers are forced to speak only Irish. And if you speak English, you are sent home. (laughs) Ah. Uh, That's really common. I know it sounds awful, but it was some of the best years of my life. Uh, But uh, no, people don't really speak Gaelic. Enya does. Do you know Enya? Of course I know Enya. Uh, Enya speaks Irish pretty much the whole time. Is that why I don't understand any of her lyrics? Is that what's going on there? Is that like... That song? Well, she... <laughs> she speaks. She uses four different languages. One of them is Gaelic, mm. but one of her producers created this Loxian kind of language that's mm. quite like Elvish from the Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. And then she sings in Latin as well. Oh, of course she does. <laughs> Doesn't she just live in a castle with her cats now? <laughs> she lives in a, in a castle. Yeah, next to Bono. Bono is her next door neighbor Ooh. from YouTube. Imagine the conversations, though. Honestly, she I joked that he joke. pops in to borrow sugar, but I I think that's true. <laughs> you don't think that's true i think it is oh yeah she, she says it it's like oh he just pops in to get sugar and i'm like he definitely does yeah. that you guys are definitely pals he definitely seems like someone who does not prepare when he goes to the grocery store like he always runs out of things totally <laughs> yeah he's a real airhead right. <laughs> right he just can't be bothered um i want to see a collab like a bono like an anthem style like rock stadium rock but like stadium fairy rock um talk to us about the cork opera house is it cute is it a theater like do they still do opera there? Gorgeous. Such a beautiful venue. Beautiful. It's, it's actually quite modern, as in like they've 
definitely done some work to it over the years, but it's beautiful. It's split over definitely two floors. Amazing sound, great bar. Uh, they do opera from time to time, but I would not consider it a, you know, when you think of like opera houses, like in terms of like Berlin, Sydney, it's not that kind of gig. Yeah, it's more like a theatre. It's a place where, you know, concerts happen. Got yeah. it. I'm looking at pictures. It's surprisingly modern. Am I wrong? It's yeah. got this, like glass You're front. You're totally right. Well, I, yeah. I think they just had a refurb before the 2017 show. Oh, I feel really? like that they just had... Definitely done something to it. Yeah. Daniel, you're British, so you have no room to talk, but talk to me about Irish food. Oh, um, well, I'm actually, I'm a vegan. Oh. Um, so my big holiday thing is that I hunt down, like, the best vegan food. So I can tell you the, the places to go for Please vegans. do, because I'm dairy-free, and I want to stay dairy-free. Okay, so there is a absolutely gorgeous little cafe. It had just opened when we were there last time. I'm just going to double-check that I got the name right here. It's called 143V. They are still there. They're still thriving. Beautiful little vegan cafe. It was. It's like probably about a 10 minute walk away from the opera house. That's 143V. 143V. I'm looking at yeah. it. It's got five stars. It should. And it like, we, I think we went there like three times in two days because we just kept being like, oh, oh, just a little cake. Oh, just a little, <laughs> just a little bagel. Um, <laughs> Truly, every single person who's reviewed it, which is like 100 people have rated it five stars. One person rated like, it four and a half. It's like a mum and daughter that run it. And they were just really lovely. And they came out and chatted with us. And, and, and they were just really, really nice and, and we were raving about it the, the whole way home. This beet burger is gorgeous. I'm going to have to put a picture on the show notes page. <laughs> it was, yeah, amazing. Like, it, everyone should try and get there and buy me things. Bring me a piece of cake. <laughs> we went to Jacob's on the Mall, which isn't exclusively oh, vegan, but they have late. a full vegan menu. And they did, like, a set menu for really not that much money but it's this it's, but it felt fancy so if you fa- if you feel like having a fancy dinner mm. jacobs on the mall one of my favorite places and i also obviously don't want to be that person but the waiters are really cute oh, oh yeah oh yeah the, so, every single it's slim pickings in cork there's one gay bar so please be that person <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you for the permission <laughs> guess we'll be eating lunch and dinner at jacobs on the mall yeah <laughs> right all the stuff were really hot <laughs> And the plating looks amazing. It looks like super artistic. It was insane. It was so good. It was one of those places where you sat and looked at the menu just going, I should probably just eat everything then, Mm. including the waiters. (laughs) And they have this painting above the entrance of a nude woman in a bathtub. Yes. That's actually Daniel. That's not it. (laughs) A beautiful nude That was commissioned. They painted me while we were waiting for our main oh, course. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, very kind of them. I'm looking at this like little side room that looks big enough for like 10 people. So that sounds good for a pre-show dinner, right? Mm. Yeah, it was It was amazing. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you about some classic Irish dishes. <laughs> Can you please tell me whether we should avoid them? You know, we have a few days in Ireland proper, but like only one day in Cork. But please tell us if we should avoid them or if they're delicious. You ready? Okay. Okay, soda bread. Oh, yeah. 100% you need to have that. Okay, soda bread, which is, can you explain it? It's like oats and grains in, a, in bread? It's like brown grain bread that is very traditional. You know, people would make it here back in the day when they had very few ingredients. And, it's like um, dodgy and... It's delicious. <laughs> and you need to have... Oh, sorry, I know you're dairy-free, but if you can find somewhere that has decent dairy-free or vegan butter. Mm. It's kind of made for butter. Guess flora. Exceptional. I'll bring my earth balance. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about coddle, which is a working class dish. Do we like coddle? I cannot reconcile oh, with coddle. Why? Tell me. To me, it's gross. Like, <laughs> it's basically like boiled, or no, broiled sausages, like pork sausages, uh-huh. in a kind of a, a broth, uh. like a broth with soaked bread like you have to like the bread has it's so gross the bread has to be like in the broth like look no offense to any like what you just said there work the whole working class <laughs> it, i think it was a, like a concoction of whatever you had left over from the week ah i get it <laughs> you know yeah Talk to us about boxty, which is a potato oh. dumpling or potato pancake and potato bread are all descriptors for boxty. you need to have now you won't get boxty in cork 
Oh, okay. It's a, like a city food. Not really, but it's it, it's a it's a traditional Irish food. But boxty would be known for being like coddle. So you won't get coddle in Cork either. Mm. Coddle is a Dublin thing. Boxty are like potato Irish potato dumplings, but you can get them in different types of sauces. I love a bit of boxty. And finally, I need to know, because as I'm looking through this list, I'm being triggered because on this <laughs> list of foods that I just based, I, I looked up traditional Irish food and I found this list top 10 and we'll link to it in our show notes, top 10 foods to try in yeah. Ireland. And I'm just casually scrolling down, minding my own goddamn business. And I see black and white pudding, which I'm, I'm <laughs> triggered by black and white pudding because I thought I was biting into a chocolate muffin once and it turned out to be black pudding. No. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. It was oh, a no. shocking. It was shocking. Who puts that out for breakfast? So oh, talk to us like about this. You, that's like if you thought you were biting into a grape and you got an olive. I know. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, that's really upsetting. Yeah. I watched this girl. I was watching television and some reality show, Big Brother, and I watched her like sitting on the couch forgetting that she had put her nail polish remover down and she took a big drink drink out of it as if it were her water bottle it's just like that <laughs> that shock that must happen then that's how i felt with blood pudding why i do i i mean i you're talking to the wrong person i mean i do love black <gasps> and white pudding tell me why this is i need to get to know i love it i will eat like black pudding in like a salad with blue cheese and walnuts and it's just a combination of like salty meat with the salty blue cheese i just think it's stunning really really i don't really like white pudding i I find it quite fatty but i think black pudding is sent from zeus and hera themselves (laughs) we have a war going because ben from manchester said it's white pudding for him all day long but black pudding no (laughs) oh yeah sorry i should say you are you are not alone in your assertions black pudding is really controversial lots of people think it's vile okay thank god i hate to be alone (laughs) (laughs) and then finally one last thing i want to talk about is what is this barm brack it says it's a fruity tea loaf (laughs) barm brack (laughs) (laughs) on halloween we'll serve barm brack there's a ring inside it a gold ring there's a like like a gold ring like Willy Wonka like like Lord of the Rings the one ring what I happens mean, if you swallow the ring that absolutely does happen oh my god <laughs> it genuinely happens but outside of Halloween it's just fruit like fruitcake oh currants and cranberries in Madeira bread <laughs> then you will like this farm brack but it's quite like something that you would have in your late eighties nineties yeah it's like old lady cake right. Oh, when, when totally. you are in your late 80s. Yeah. If you went into a cafe, it would not be the first thing you would be ordering. Got it. Well, I've heard that I have to try the salmon and the oysters. Like, is that true? Well, we're really close to the sea. I can't eat oysters, so I can't comment. Salmon is really good because in Ireland, there is a big focus on trying to move away from salmon farming. And there's more mm. of a focus on organic fish Mm. so if you're very concerned about where your fish comes from a lot of places in ireland are very reliable so i definitely recommend salmon and i don't think many people if you're under pressure with time or if you can plan to get to kinsale tori's favorite place is fishy fishy in kinsale Mm. which is an amazing fish restaurant oh just unbelievable so worth a visit to kinsale fishy 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 yeah okay well we have to do that i love tori going into a restaurant called fishy (laughs) fishy (laughs) right Hold on. Now, where does Kinsale fall on the way to the church? Hold Off on. the direct church in Wicklow. Oh, like, forget about it. They're like fucking miles, like Got it. hours. Yeah. You said earlier, I've been looking at this map this whole time. Now, you said earlier that you can't drive through the church area on the way to Dublin. Is that true? So, like, you're going to have to go out of your way, you know. So when you leave Cork, if you're driving, you're going to be on, like, the motorway. That's the short, like, it's a long, it's a long-ass drive anyway. So you would nearly be changing onto another motorway to get to Wicklow because Wicklow is literally beside Dublin. Yeah, and Wicklow is on the coast. Correct. Really close to the sea. If we bought a car in Manchester and we drove onto the boat and (laughs) landed in Cork and we had a car, we could drive up the coast, right? Yes. To Dublin through Wicklow. It's just going to be a long drive, but it's a very beautiful, scenic drive. You just need to have time on your side. 
I mean, they're also Americans, so they're used to everything being really far away, right? Well, yeah, True. well, which like, is the... You, we, you people do really long drives and think it's normal. Right, <laughs> to work. We do really long drives to work. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It seems better to, on the day after the Dublin show, to, like, pop down for, like, a couple of hours. Like, it looks yes. like an hour-long drive to Wicklow from there. Where the church is is probably an hour and a half, so it's not, like, Wicklow, but I would definitely recommend going and, and try to get in some other places in Wicklow because it's just so beautiful. I hope they'll be open on a Saturday. Yeah, they're probably, it probably will be. But like, not just because of the, ch- I, I, like the inside of the church is quite basic, but like, don't forget why she chose Wicklow. I have to right? sing so she- Inanna in the church. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I'll pretend that I'm a churchgoer. I'll pretend that it's my normal church. So I'll- <laughs> Will there be services on Saturday? I don't think that church is like heavily operated. Mm. Like I thought it was, I, I didn't even know it was, um, I don't know how heavily operated it was at the time that she recorded it. Because keeping in mind, it's in a really super rural village. So even if it was in the city, like church services are not that frequent anyway. Uh-huh. So you're definitely going to have to like check it out with like the local priest slash vicar. And I say that because I don't know if it's a Catholic church or a protestant church got it mm. yeah i think we'll have to like reach out to them in advance because i don't want to miss the opportunity Definitely. but i'm sure they're used to it by now i'm sure they're used Definitely. to these tori amos gays right they splash holy water on us as we walk in um <laughs> what are the irish people like will they speak to me after the show on our podcast or will they look at my microphone and slowly walk away irish people are quite shy and the concept of podcasts are very much so concentrated on things like crime. <laughs> you know, you might get lucky. You might get an extroverted Tory gay fan like my good self. Yeah. Um, but they won't be very forthcoming, put it that way. I'll have to approach them. Yes. Anyway, this is my favorite part of the show where you have to teach me how to say some phrases either in Irish, if you can, you know, so that we can be twee too, or in an right. Irish dialect so that no one knows that we're American. Are you ready for the God. challenge? I'm ready, yeah. Okay. If you're out at, I don't know, Jacob's on the Mall, and you happen to see yeah. a hot waiter that you want to strike up a conversation with, how would you say, hello there, didn't Damien Rice do a great job on the power of orange knickers? God. You know, just basic conversation. So, okay, you wouldn't say hello there, first of all. Oh, no. You would say, what's the crack, lad? <laughs> what's the crack, lad? Perfect. What was the Damien Rice part? <laughs> Didn't Damien Rice do a great job on the power of orange knickers? <laughs> so you would say that, but you would not put a full stop at the end of it, and you would mm. say, like. Didn't Damien Rice do a great job on the power of orange knickers, like? Oh, my, that- oh my God. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm already fooling the Irish. Okay, good. <laughs> now, if you see John Witherspoon, and he's insisting that people only speak to him in the native dialect of every region that he's in. As he's gone to do. Yeah, he's gone <laughs> mental. How do you say, hi, Spoon, I brought you a meat pie from the local pasty shop. I'll trade you for a pair of house seats. Or wait, maybe we should it. bring in Broxty. Or are we a fruit tea loaf. Hi, Spoon, <laughs> I've brought you a fruit tea loaf from the local shop. I'll trade you for a pair of house seats. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, prepare house seats. Like, why do we say like at the I end mean, of everything? It's a really big cork thing. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Stepping off the plane. Please do. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and please do say to someone, "What's the crack, lad? What's the crack, lad? What does Genius. that mean? What's the crack? Lad? It means what's up? What's up, lad? What's up? And then finally, my third phrase. But you've got to say this one. You know, you're at the show. Everyone there is a Tory fan. But you see someone hot. How do you say, hello, handsome. Would you like to walk to Dublin with me? Or would you prefer to rent a Saab and drive to Ireland? Any Irish gay would ever say this. <laughs> <laughs> like, they would say, what? like, literally, what the crack, lad? Oh, this is what they would say. Any chance of a shift. A shift? A shift? A shift is a, is a very engaging smooch. Oh, <laughs> any chance of a sh- How dare you? I'm speaking of simply touring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I I'm a Christian. No, I'm just <laughs> so the next city is Dublin. It's 160 miles away, 258 kilometers, three hours by car, three and a half hours yeah. by train or bus. And I think I'm going to take a bus because... I love, like, the green. Although it's probably not going to be that green, right? I would, hey, I would actually tell you something. If you want to see green, then get the train. You're not going to see, the bus will go on the motorway. Oh. If you get the train, you'll pass through towns, villages, and loads of fields. Thank God for you. (laughs) And the train is super comfortable. 
And the first class on the Cork train is like the murder on the Orient Express. <gasps> That's what I want. I want that experience. <laughs> yeah. I want women in like fur hats and muffs. <laughs> I want it all. It's like a little tea trolley. Oh my God. Very cute. So if you can afford it, I would say just because of the experience, get the first class on the Cork to Dublin train. I, we might actually, because that's one train that we have not purchased yet because it just went on sale right. as the time of this recording. It just went on sale. So we need to purchase that. And maybe I can talk the girls into getting first class so I can have my Murder on the Orient Express fantasy finally by the end of tour. It'll just be such a nice experience. Like you'll never forget it. Do you know, mm. like in a way, it's just money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just money <laughs> which I hope to have some by the end of the tour <laughs> yeah, like, right. I'd like to have some before the tour yeah right how many shows are you both doing I'm doing the six the UK and Ireland shows okay great and then you Shane all of the Irish ones one in the UK and then I'm meant to be going to one in Amsterdam but the COVID thing is looking dodgy uh, we'll talk a little bit about that if you can like where we're at now what we can expect because I actually fly into Dublin from the United States, right. flying into Dublin and then taking a flight from Dublin to Berlin for the first show so that I can do a round trip Dublin on the way home. Cool. Will I be quarantined? What's going to happen to me? Look, I don't know. What's, like, I'm, ho- I'm really, really hoping by mid-March we won't be having this conversation because, look, I mean, at the moment, we have like 96% of the population that are fully vaccinated, oh, which wow. is good. Yep. And our booster program has already, so there's about 6 million people in Ireland. Half of the population have received a booster. Wow. Um, And the whole administration of the booster program is being really successful. So I'm really hoping that we're not going to be talking about quarantining at that point. Like if you were coming, I don't think you have to quarantine. You definitely have to be able to show a negative PCR test when you arrive in the airport. Mm -hmm. If you can't show one because you just didn't do one, then I think you have to quarantine the hotel. And you deserve it. If you just didn't do one, you You deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. You wench. I know. Um, But uh, (laughs) otherwise, coming into Ireland is pretty liberal. The UK, I think, Dan, are like really getting quite strict on entering the UK from the outside of the UK. Yeah, it's the entering part that's been an issue at the moment. But if you're, yeah, I guess if you're flying to Dublin and then straight over to Berlin, you sort of bypass that. I don't really know what the situation in the rest of Europe's looking like at the moment. But um, like my friend's in Italy at the moment, and he said it's he found it really easy getting in. They didn't. Have yeah. This, like I've got some friends that are in Spain and they've been fine. So, but I think it sort of depends. Country to country. I will put this link on the show notes page. I found you can take these PCR tests with you that have these QR codes that you can instantly link with a medical professional so they can watch you take the test and it's very official and you can get your results back really, really quickly. I think I'm going to take like a handful of those for sure just in case. Definitely. Well, this was fun. Tell us anything that we missed. Any l- final warnings about Cork? I mean, warnings. <laughs> Beware of the black pudding. What <laughs> final warning? Lol. Oh, it's constantly on fire and there are lizards everywhere. <laughs> right, it's don't mad. forget. All the crime, all the crime. <laughs> all of that crime. You will get murdered. <laughs> uh, it's, it's lovely. What I will say is, one thing that I did write down that I remember from my visit was, uh, if you go to uh, St. Finbar's Cathedral and you get really excited because you've heard that there is a labyrinth there do not get excited about the labyrinth that's it in Bas cathedral it's about ankle high <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love that all of these circumstances have to transpire for us to get a warning about something <laughs> like, like if you've heard about it and if you've gotten excited the warning will I'm be really so- i'm really sorry if you've had all this build-up thinking that you're going to go to some like really fantastic labyrinth but uh, <laughs> still go up to the church but just don't think that you're going to be like lost in a spooky maze because it's it's literally about two square foot of uh of brick wall so you can kind of see everything you can see how to get out yeah 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 it takes the pressure off really though it, you know you're not worried about <laughs> dying like jack nicholson in the shining yeah <laughs> like you're you're fine tell everybody where they can find you online if they wanted to follow your adventures on the tour let's start with daniel so I am Daniel versus the world on Instagram, uh, Dan versus the world on Twitter. That's a lot to take on, Daniel. The whole world? Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. the whole damn world. It's my musical moniker. Oh. I do the music. Okay, thing. great. Follow Daniel uh, versus the world on Instagram and Twitter. What about you, Shane? I am only an Instagram head. So it's Sailor Shane 1988. 
Ooh. Very cryptic. Sailor Shane 1988 on Instagram. Is that the year you were born? Would you believe yes? Me too. Would you believe yes? <laughs> yes. I was touring in 96. Great. Thank you both for being here. And we're going to listen to Baker Baker from Glasgow 2017. Aww. 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 Bye. 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 is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information or links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com.